0: Welcome to Simple Conversations, the podcast that connects humanity and helps us all learn new perspectives to living a full life. My name is Inshira Ado. A big thank you to First National Bank for supporting Simple Conversations. Why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more from First National Bank? Go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. And for individuals, there are a whole range of products that can help you financially secure your future. And if you need to know more, please go to firstnationalbank.com.gh or opt to have one of their very caring and professional consultants call you back. Every person is gifted with a certain amount of Talent. And as we go through the journey of life, we discover things that we're passionate about, things we enjoy doing, things we would probably do even if we weren't paid to do them. Um, on the episode with me today are two gentlemen, two artists, finest uh, you can find in this country. Uh, one is a uh, established uh, broadcaster who recently decided to go um, and do... Freelance uh, creative work, uh, Osei Kwame, uh, formerly of City FM, was on the uh, uh, drive on City and uh, previously had held uh, you know positions at Atlantis and he's uh, a voice that a lot of us know but do not know belongs to him. And, uh, the, other <laughs> is, <laughs> and the other is my dear poet, a man who... Uh, inspired a lot of love for the creative arts and the literary world uh, personally uh, for me, Nana Asasi. Uh, You're both welcome to uh, the Simple Conversations and I'd like this to be about the creative spark that got you both doing the things that you're doing. Now, Asasi, you have, ever since I've known you, always been a poet, doing your thing by yourself, not under an umbrella of employment in any way
1: what inspired
2: yeah. that move wow <laughs> okay thanks for having me uh well i was in regular employment before becoming a poet but i guess before regular employment i was a poet i decided to jump ship when i realized that if i gave my art a bit more attention it could probably yield more viable returns than regular employment. It was a particular incident This when, when we hadn't been paid. It had exceeded. It had like gone deep into the other, the other month. And then a friend calls me and said, can I have a gig here? Would you like to come up and do it? So I believe in the divine a lot, if you know me. And so I see a simple prayer, I'm like, God, look, if it's you that is bringing this opportunity, don't let any of my media houses come and cover it." You know, I was a PR person. So I actually show up at this event. True to this prayer, none of my media outlets comes to cover. And I got paid about three times what I would have been paid at the end of the month. That's when I sat up and I was like, look, it simply tells me if I give my art a bit more attention, it would also give me a bit more attention. And then I decided to jump ship. That was the the final thing I needed to to, to get out. Initially, I was a bit scared. But during my National Service days, this was even before I got my first job, I was seated one time. I had my name, Philip Wachidia Oyinka on Facebook and then in bracket Nana an Asase. Something just told me, look, put Assassin out there and put the Philip in the bracket. So I went out and I did exactly that. And there's not been any looking back since then. And there's something I told myself, even before I was getting paid to do this, it was something I loved to do. And so even if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I would still do it. And so it's just like a footballer who is seated on the bench. Look, if he doesn't play, he's getting paid. All the better if he gets to play because he loves to do what he's doing. And he's getting paid for it.
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: else could be that? That has been it for me. That was that final moment that made me decide to jump.
0: That's interesting. Now, I was just remarking that um, over the years that I have known you, um, it yeah. took me a long time to remember that you are Philip Nana Kwame or I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's. I've always referred to you as Anasasi. That if someone yeah. did a pop quiz and said, what's Nanasasi's real name, I would struggle. Um, in your case, you started yeah. out in the media uh, and did an awesome, fabulous job and became a household name. And then one day you just decided that, you know what, I'm going to go freelance. You. Tell me something. Um, you. Was, was everything okay with you at that time? Had you been drinking some weird tea or something?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I know. I know it's a bit weird. When you think about um especially quitting radio in Ghana, when you have, like you're not fired or like um there's no issue or people haven't heard anything that needs that you should just leave and mm-hmm. save your name. Um, especially when you're working with an organization that is very well respected. You're not in a position where you feel undermined in any way. So why would you like stop such a job and decide to go and do whatever it is that you're trying to do. So for me, I think um, it took me about two years to come to that point. I mean, and the two years maybe had been building from maybe when I started. Maybe when, when you start, it's nice, it's beautiful. It's like exhilarating, it's, you know, but then you get to a certain point where you can actually just close your eyes and do the job. It became very repetitive for me. So it was difficult at times.
1: Mm.
3: Like every single year, you could almost tell exactly what would happen. Every single day, you know exactly what you were going to do and why. And I, I didn't see, for me, I was looking at the bigger picture. I didn't see myself doing this for the rest of my life, or for even another five years or, let's just say three years, because yeah, I was doing it for seven years. So like spending 10 years doing this. And the two-year part came from when I developed that interest in photography, which I had been doing like as a hobby with my phone. And with the comments and the reactions I was getting, I mean, I'd always loved creating in the first place. That was, that's who I am. I'm a, I'm a creative. I've been doing graphic design, I've been doing T-shirts, you know, I've been doing voices, mimicking and all these things. But then I think what hit for me was um, when I decided to take it on as, maybe not something as a hobby, the reception and the whole you know, possibility I could see for myself didn't seem too bad at all. So in 2018, I had the chance to... Um, do a short summer course in the Netherlands on film. And then when I came back, I was just itching. From 2018, I'd been itching to start something, to do something, because film isn't a part-time thing. And I had my eyes open much deeper about the whole storytelling um, space. And I thought film was going to be the the full circle of all that I've been studying and doing for the last eight years. So while I was at City or from Atlantis, um, writing copies or writing in general, um, being on air, telling stories or doing what you do, putting people in a good mood or whatever it is. Um, plus the part where you you express yourself in such a way that It resonates with people. I thought adding that writing, the voice, or let's just say sound, to the newfound um, motion picture, whatever it is, I was better off telling the stories I wanted to tell instead of being in a certain space which the creative um, possibilities were more dictated to you because it needed to fit in the organizational structure or the vision or objective. I wanted to create things I wanted to create like my own way, see it come to life. And the process of filmmaking from writing all the way to editing and finishing was just something I could see myself doing technically for the rest of my life because no two stories are ever the same. But I thought of the radio shows and whatnot and I thought uh, it's just very... Repetitive for me. It was getting to me, honestly.
0: <laughs> so so I think so, that you're the type of person that kind of um, enjoys a new challenge and, uh, you know, you, you don't like to be boxed into... Um, I don't like where, to be boxed at all. At all. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so that's where your spark is. That's how you you... you but how did you settle on what has now become the passion that drives you?
3: Yeah, that's what I was saying. That um, It came from piecing all the three things together. Photography was a hobby. The sound and the scripting part was my job on radio. And then I got introduced to film, which seemed to be the full circle of combining all three elements. And I didn't have to make film for um i don't know how to say it i didn't have to do it in an organization i could do film by myself and doing mm-hmm. film by yourself is not part-time you yeah. can't be you, nobody, nobody's a part-time filmmaker you, you will not tell any story you will not do anything worth remembering mm-hmm. and if i had if i had like gone to school or i taken the time to actually pay for something learn it and decide to make a career out of it why you know do it part-time and the part-time was even a big problem because um the organization i work with which is city if if there was um a space to do things after or outside it it may have taken a while longer before i would have jumped okay but city was more a little more than full-time so, there was no space to practice the craft which I had gone to learn. I didn't go to learn for fun. You get it? I'd always thought of, you know, branching into something later on. It just hadn't happened yet. And I thought this was an opportunity for me. So,
0: so day, one, day one after you had bowed out, um, take me through waking up in the morning, come 2 p.m. Um, how did
3: you feel? I'm I'm a bit meticulous with almost everything I do. So I decided that I needed two weeks to rest and start January fresh. Right. So I even factored that into my um, resignation whereby I resigned, gave four weeks notice, making sure it ended in the middle of December where I take my two weeks of rest and do nothing
1: Mm -hmm.
3: but just rest and be and then, you know, just think about what I want to do and how I want to do it. And in January, set it off
1: Wow!
0: so
3: it was it was it was wonderful
0: (laughs) you 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 had a creative detoxification eh? i just
3: i just i just chilled (laughs) i didn't do anything (laughs) (laughs) creative
0: detoxification so so you were afraid at some point um when you decided that okay look this is my craft this is something i enjoy doing but um you know, stepping out there into the unknown, though you had something in your hand, what really was the thing that made you fear uh,
2: taking the plunge? When I finally moved out at that point, I wasn't afraid of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me share two experiences with you. I had my national service with Originate, Sachi and Sachi at the time. Mm-hmm. I was with Platform Ghana, at the PR wing. So we have to take a month's leave after national service where after, after which your employers will tell you whether they are retaining you or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Look, I
2: was driving at the time. I remember just around Perez Dome, very close to Perez Dome. Then HR calls and brings the news. We are sorry we are not able to work with you at this time. Misha, do you know, I actually went on my knees behind the wheels, lifted my hand. I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> I don't know where that Ye-da-la. feeling came from. I don't know where the feeling came from, but that's what I actually <laughs> did. When uh, I got into... Global Media Alliance, you know. I was there for approximately nine months. Listen, I was telling my boss, I feel that was the kind of pregnancy I needed to help me push. Look, when I finally found that bit to say, look, I'm moving out. Mm-hmm. In sure, everybody wants to grow up to be a doctor and lawyer, different things at different points. I realized that in our creative space, all the older ones, the greater, are dying. They are conspiring with nature. Look, when we least expect, look, Auno is gone, Atukwe is gone. All over the continent, they are leaving. Mm-hmm. It will leave my generation a very big gap with nobody to step in. So I decided, well, why not? Somebody has got to hold that for too. So initially I was scared, what there you know when I, when I leave this, what am I going to be?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then I talk about the divine again, the element of faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, Lord, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just trusting you to get me there. Look, I resigned that month, forfeited my salary, and pff, off I went. By at that time, I wasn't afraid of anything. Hey, By the you time forfeited I your salary. Found, I forfeited my salary for that month, Charlie. I yeah. so wanted to get out. <laughs> 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 and you see, see, Charlie, he talk to you who's running. Um, I quit. I had 100 CDs in my account. The next day my car breaks down, it's down to 50 CDs. And inshallah trust me, look, this is a story I have hardly shared. I don't know if I've told you this. Mm-hmm. I came down to 50 pence in Accra. physical cash on me, 50p at a point. I mm-hmm. threw it while I was not afraid. Look, family is like, tell want won't you find a job that will pay national, that will pay what, well, social security? I had all these things, but I knew what I had heard. I, I knew exactly where, you know, that voice was telling me to go. Nowhere. Just trusting, Just go along. Just keep going. And I was content enough to do that. And so out of that, now with high, hindsight serving me, I realized this, that I'm not afraid to start things small and watch them grow. Before I kicked out of agency, I had two options. A voice was telling me, "Look, you have two options: start small, watch it grow, or to work, make all the money, all of that, and then step into this space." But then I reckoned that if I made all the money and just stepped into this new space, I wouldn't have any substance to hold for it. It might all come crashing. But if I start small and watch it grow, when I get to the top, I have a lot of substance to hold it for. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I decided to do that, watch it grow, and. When I kicked out, first week I had a center spread in City's newspaper at the time. You realize FM had a newspaper at the time. Glow. City FM did yeah. The glue, Thank you. So my boss calls me and says, like, Charlie, you're making me proud of my house, like Charlie, watch out. You don't know what's coming. I give God five years of my life. Yeah. After three years, ago, I have blown up the thing to a point where I realized uh, there's nothing I could do. short, there were times when I felt like, look, I'm shipping up my CV, I'm taking it to this person. Then I meet this person. I met all the way up to Sam Duna, telling me, man's you don't know what you're doing. Don't stop doing what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing for some of us. I'm like, gosh. So how does my CV go to this man's desk when he has already met on 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 this On the track. So I've, I've done home tuition. I've done transcription of interviews. I've shot documentaries. I've done different things. These are things people would never know about. These are, you know, sites people will never know. But we finally found the bite to go. There was no fear.
0: Let me confess to the whole world that uh, you are my literary uh,
2: uh, teacher. I actually taught teacher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know. And that's, I see. I mean, because he made, he made poetry and the literary art so interesting that oh. I Him one day, look, I don't mind uh, if you were going to take me on as a student. I really would love to learn about the, technique and, 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 you know, the science of, of the art that you, you have so mastered. You, you touched on something that you yep. had a legacy mindset right from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you say that for you, uh, and in one of the submissions you made earlier, you said part-time was not possible because you will never tell a story or do something that Worth will be Celebrating. Exactly. And that will be remembered. So clearly, you both have a legacy mindset.
3: How are you putting
0: yourself to take on the world? Okay.
3: Um, Nana mentioned something about um, not being afraid to start from the bottom and grow things. So, anybody who knows that they have or they have this mindset of doing something big knows that something big doesn't fall on your lap immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you have to be willing and very, very Patient, uh, with to to, to um, yeah, that word. <laughs> <laughs> to to start from scratch and to not have so much um, expectations of what should be, but rather take it on as a long-term project that you are working on. It's an everyday thing. Don't look too much on <clears throat> seeing the change, as in trying to see the change immediately because um, even in my next video that comes out on my vlog on YouTube I made mention of the fact that I watched one of my videos from four months ago when I was stressing myself about you know sound and colour and look and whatever it is at the time I thought it was a good enough video I looked at it now and I thought "Ah, now I made and then cry just four months ago the difference between that four months (laughs) and the one you're doing now, now and now you wouldn't think when you're starting that that's what's going to happen then. Yeah. So legacy is a big picture. You have it in mind, but then what I'm learning to or trying to learn to do at the moment is to live it in short bits, accomplish a little bit every single time, every single encounter, take something from it. and. I mean, that's the mantra I've been living with, I mean, since I started, you know, doing freelance. Because for me, the storytelling is something I want to do. And that's a lifetime endeavor. I want to be a storyteller with film, with whatever, create things that we can look back on and say that, wow, okay, this is our story. This is us. That's the huge opportunity I saw. If that's a legacy thing, that's a huge opportunity I saw because our stories are not being told in a way that um, levels up with what we see from what um, the Western world is, you know, churning in and putting in our faces on Netflix and everywhere you go. So for me, that was the gap I saw, and I, I saw that. I mean, there was there was just too many opportunities out there in terms of storytelling to even feel like, oh, it's too competitive a space for me to go into. The reason why I chose film also is the fact that no two films, especially documentary storytelling, will ever mm-hmm. be the same. Sure. Even, even when you start your documentary um, um, story and you're you treating the documentary, you're writing everything, you get to a certain point where you actually start recording and realize that the person says something completely different. You finish all your footage shooting you come home and you tell a completely different story it's not like a feature film where we have our storyboard we have our scripts and everything that is set so with the creating our story or telling our stories or creating content that represents us it's it's a limitless opportunity type of space and another reason why i thought i didn't want to you know belong to just one group which has maybe their own vision and agenda or whatever it is but rather have that creative freedom for myself and see what stories i can tell like i said there's no limit there's no um, fear of competition i actually would rather people kept other creatives on their toes with the level of quality they put out as i have seen on the internet since I started, or even before I started um, becoming interested in the film world. The competition I saw out there, and with the level of people who were doing it, I mean, we have hundreds, if not millions, of YouTubers. but There are hundreds of thousands of, quote-unquote, celebrity YouTubers or filmmakers whose storytelling are all different. Mm -hmm. So even there, there's that much room for that many people. How much more here where we haven't even explored? 0.1% of our potential. Yeah.
0: You, you know um, yeah. what I'd like to learn from the two of you now is uh, starting with you, uh, Nanasa Asi, Do yeah. you have a creative ritual? Is there something when you have an inspiration? Is there a set of things you do to turn <laughs> <your soul> into?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, finish the question before I continue, Nanasi. Okay, this question then. You see, when I feel like writing, I write. When I want to write, I write. When I don't want to write, I won't write. Now, Isha, it's funny, but it's something I've been trying to teach some of my later students. You didn't complete the course. <laughs>
1: this is what happens.
2: Oh, 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 oh. When when I when I get the edge the to write about something. I don't, most of the time, I don't attend to it immediately. I allow it to shape itself in my head. And until I have written it down, trust me, it won't leave. If that piece is really bent on happening, it won't leave. Wow. It will shape itself till I decide, okay, today, leave it today, come. And there are other pieces, the moment I get the impulse, I start working on it immediately. Some pieces will take me as long as three years to finish, some as long as five, some will never get finished. Some of them will remain bits and pieces that you can always pick from when you sit down to create. And so I realized that with time, I call something finding your voice. Once you found your voice, you become a master of what you do. Like the Bible says, the voice of a pro- the gift of a prophet, the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. I believe the spirit of a poet, spirit of a writer, created is subject to you. And so I deny the writer's block. I have not had a writer's block in how many years? I can't, I can't count. I found an antidote to the writer's block. I have yet to share it with so many people. I call it the writer erection. You, 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 MC a, the, writer, a, a, a. the writer erection. Yes. Oops. Okay. So it depends. You, you do it at will. For me, I've come to know that I can do it at will. Sometimes in church, when all the music is going on, I'm behind the keyboard. and i tell actually, you know, come. I'll signal someone to come into cover because something is hitting me. I need to capture it now. I'll go and grab my phone and I'll just write it. I am driving right in the middle of the jet. Gen- I have to take my phone and just grab a voice recorder, or you know, just put something there. And so. It's, it's, it's like that. There is no ritual. Hugh Masakela told me something, and I've come to realize it's true. Kofi Anindo told me the same thing. Kofi Anindo says, Nana, for someone like you, there is no magic. I asked him, what is the magic? What is the secret? He said, practice, practice, practice. Hugh Masakela was one of the last people I attended to in PR agency. My final big job I did. The Legends African Legends Night. He was the first guest we had. We we're off to TV Africa. So I asked him, Uncle Hugh. That's what we used to call him. What is the secret? What is the magic? He says, Philippe, there is no magic. Practice, practice, practice. And so, practice, practice, practice. And eventually becomes you. I am, I, you can't take me away from my art. It's, 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 it's the life. It's everything. I don't know how to talk about it. It's so me, so, On and off, anytime. There's no ritual. O- Osei Kwame, do, do you have a yeah. no ritual?
3: <laughs> um, I like I I I agree with um, Nana because I've had to perform the ritual. So this book I read, um, is it Big Magic? Elizabeth Gilbert, um, says more, uh, talks more about the fact that inspiration is an energy that finds vessels, mm. right? So it finds people to give that, um, you know, energy to because they know that vessel will take it on. For Nana, he will write it either immediately or some of the inspiration will come to him or the energy will come to him. Some of them are long-term partners. They'll be with you for as long as you need to finish it. Some will come. If you don't start it now, it will go. So when they find you and you start, you kind of lock it to stay. Some of them may not stay with you if you're not able to press on, they may not be a long-term energy or whatever it is. And that's what I think really happens with inspiration. However, for for you to become an attractive um, vessel for inspiration, I'm putting it in in that way, Mm -hmm. if you practice a lot, you are seen as fertile ground.
1: Mm.
3: You're not a lazy artist. Mm -hmm. You are seen as fertile ground. So inspiration finds you. One time you are recording something and another one is already knocking. You already know what you want to do next.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: One time you're just practicing just for the sake of practicing, which is tilling your soil mm-hmm. and something finds you because it feels like, Oh wow. Okay. If I turn it this way, wow. Ah, uh, Yeah. Okay. Maybe I can. Wow. Then another one comes to you. You finish that. You're breathing. And then you're thinking, oh, what, what's going to be next? Either you know something you're already doing, which is the Nana says that's projects that he has been working on for three years or something, or something else falls on. Like it's, it's just there. So I believe very much, I didn't think about it that way, but I believe very much that now listening to what Nana said, the, the element of practice and doing uh, Charlie. makes you more susceptible for that energy to find you. Yeah. Well,
0: you just the more
3: you start, the more you start, the more you question, the more you overthink, the more you, without doing, without practicing, you know, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling like working, but I mean, I love this thing so much that I just want to grab my, let's say, saxophone and just play. Mm
1: -hmm. When you start
3: playing the saxophone, thirty minutes or one hour into it, a melody will find you. Sure.
0: I'd like to learn from both of you what, what are the themes that you find that attracts your attention more to tell stories about? Is there some specific area that you focus on for um, self mine,
3: mine would be, uh, no, it's not specific because like I said, the, the opportunities were just too vast. But I guess maybe my specialization would be that I'm choosing documentary as a style or the storytelling style.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I may at some point, do a feature, depending on the story and the challenge that it brings, because I live for not you know, having something that's repetitive. So a change, a challenge, how do we do it nicer or better or this good? It's a storytelling. So for me, the opportunity to tell stories is why I do what I do. That's my why. The opportunity to create, tell stories and you know, effect change. That's my big why.
0: Okay. No, no, not so I don't have a specific thing. So. Yeah. Sure.
1: What's your big
2: why? I, I realized that once you found your voice, as I was saying, then you can talk about anything. But you can only talk about it the way that you will talk about it. That is what distinguishes your work from the other person's work. And that uniqueness is what will bring someone to listen to you and want to listen again and again. So really, once you have your voice, you, you can talk about anything. Mm-hmm. In performance, I have sold insurance product. I've, told, I've spoken about insurance product. I've spoken about balance sheets. And I'm not the best mathematician, but in my own way, because I found my voice. You're able to talk about any and everything yeah. with your unique touch. So really, I'm not limited. But um, my current anthology, which I, I've done the script for, is in another life. It's dedicated to a lot of the women I've met in this life. And in another life, I would have had a harem. This is to beautiful minds of, you know, Africa, different parts of the world that I've come into contact with. So, yeah, so something for love. It's fine. Otherwise, I talk about everything.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. The question of, um, you know, when you have done the work, uh, and, and I always like to ask this of creative. uh Osepo, I mean, we've talked about this before. What yeah. What do you do? How do you know it's good enough that
3: to, to put out there? I you, don't. You plan meticulously. Uh, yeah, yeah, I stopped. I stopped doing that. <laughs> I stopped doing that I stopped uh, no I, I stopped um, it's, it's actually really difficult to gauge it depends on what you want the thing to achieve
1: mm-hmm. if
3: you have it in your mind that um, this thing you are doing um, besides the fact that you love the arts you want it to make something for you or bring some return then your expectations of the thing you've created even changes and you put pressure on yourself and you expect certain things and if it doesn't go as planned <laughs> Or you think that it's not quality enough because you want to attract a possible customer or all these things. If you if you start thinking that way about how to put out your ads, you may never put it out because it's never it, it's never perfect. So for me this year, I decided what whatever I do. I can even finish editing and realize that mm, eh, I could have changed this. But then I still post it because I know that whoever is watching didn't even edit it with me. So they don't know what mistakes I don't know. Yeah. Um, if someone
0: starts feeling a little creative and they think they have a story to tell um, what do you want to say to a person like that? If somebody has a
2: story to tell, let them tell it. Simple. Mm. If you don't tell the story you never, it never comes to like, nobody ever hears it. So tell it and realise that your storytelling style will be unique to just you. Mm. It won't be like yeah. the next person. Someone might yeah. try to edit, make inputs and all of it but look, it's your story. No one was there when you were even rehearsing it. No one was there yeah. when it was even happening. So please, tell it as it is. At best, you can open it up to, you know, inputs, criticism. I mean, constructive criticism. There have been times I've sent some of my poetry to people to edit and the kind of things they brought back actually. I wanted to cry. I'm like, hey, how do you waste creative energy like that? So please, if you have a story to tell, tell it. If you feel there are people who give you positive energy, feedback that you can share your work with, share it and get their inputs.
3: Fantastic. Yes, it's actually really difficult to find those people. There are people who just yeah. criticize without without giving you, minute. yeah, or being positive in the end. They don't yeah. they don't um first of all, um cushion your fall,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and they don't suggest anything you could also yeah. hold on to. They just kill the vibe and That's leave it at on. that.
0: Do we need to have um some type, type. of uh, a creative um, forum Do, what, what's the essence of creative forums um, in your estimation
3: um, I, I mean I'm not going to rule out the necessity of such a thing however uh, some of these things are rushed and are not open enough because maybe the organizers are not even tolerant of divergent views and all these views are not seen as research or information that you needed to rewrite a better way of doing things. We just do the forum, charge whatever, if it's not even a charge or free, whatever it is, and nothing comes out of it. It's not evaluated and turned into a solid document that says that from this and all these um, ideas we've got, this is the breakdown. Mm. What's the end of it? What's the end goal? What are people going to get out of it in the end? what's the call to action, which it's almost part of every endeavor. If you want something to change, what do you want from them? But if, if you want something from them, what have you learned that you are sharing that? Oh, I learned that, okay, if you create this way or if you do this way or you write a proposal, it makes it easier. Or it didn't. Like, You know, all these things. We just do most of these um, forums and whatever and you don't see... The end of it, and then another topic comes, and we do and do again, and another topic comes, and we go and do again. In the end, what are you sharing with the people who attended, and the world, or the, the creative world out there in general, about how to improve? Because these things are to improve what we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow! So I, I don't, I don't, I mean, go against the necessity of it. However, the last bits: what year we in, what planning, what strategizing, what organizing. Why Yeri, you know the last bit, which is post-event, you know sharing and which is I think is the even the uh, highest point or the climax of the whole thing. Not even the event mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm. The follow through. So
0: after you know yeah. it after all happen. the organizing, the talk shop, and everything, what is the fallout and the follow through to see practical change?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Nana. I'm going to take this with me. In the past, I've done creative ventures and I probably might not have been able to see them. I've been in a lot of creative forums which don't share much, now. trust me. People come to some of these meetings to throw their weight you know, steal ideas sometimes. I, I you don't feel this. Steal ideas, genuine. you know? Yes, this, this genuine, <laughs> oh yeah, be true. I know, I know, you know, genuineness to, to share. What sometimes you really need these outlets to really share genuine stuff. And moving forward, I think when I started Creative for I like to see it. I feel COVID has like the mixer board brought everything down to zero for me. So I'm not about to start recalibrating it. Look, as we move along, we need these creative engagements. But uh, to what end? Because we've had a lot of talk shops and the workshops already the So please, to every creative, whoever is going to listen to this, let us have engagement. Let's have conversations. Beautiful. Mm. And I'll say, maybe you see these. The end of it might not necessarily be in a written document. The end of it might be inspirations that people pick from these places to create. So trust me, sometimes we might not be able to quantify uh, the yeah. kind of impact we are, we are I making. Agree. So let's leave room for that bit as well. I've, I've been in such instructional yeah, creative forums
1: as well. I think that's it. Wow.
0: Fantastic. Guys, thank you very much, Nana Asasi, my literary uh, tutor and poet. and uh, Osei, Thank you. Me the voice. Uh, it's been fun talking to you and uh, hearing your perspective. I wish you both all the best in your ventures. Guys, thank you so much. really appreciate it. thanks so much for
1: having. Thank you All right
0: No matter what business you're in or what sector you serve, First National Bank Ghana Limited can give you the business support that you need to be able to grow your business. You can go to firstnationalbank.com.gh to find out more or opt to have one of their professional consultants call you back and take you through the various options that will be suitable to help you grow your business. You can step into their branches in uh, Accra, Kumasi, Takoradi, and in Tema. First National Bank. How can we help you? You've been listening to Simple Conversations with me and Shira Ado, and I hope our conversation helps you
1: live a fuller life. Do join us again for the next episode.